1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Kevin Clancy says referees are all too aware of the significance of this season There will be no love lost on the opening day of the Championship Though with Hearts taking on Dundee And Motherwell and Hamilton add to their forward lines ahead of this weekend's big kickoff. I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Yes Gordon, uh, three days to go until the big Kickoff and first and foremost, just delighted to be back with you. I hope you enjoyed your oh, thank holiday. Thank you very much. Uh, without taking the shine with you, more importantly, <laughs> it's great to see Jim back, uh, back in good health and back in beside us, Jim. So great to have you back and uh, you've timed your run perfectly, just in time for the absolute madness. That's <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was going to say, no disrespect to the rest of the pundits, I'm delighted to see all of them, but particularly Jim, to see you fighting fit, everything going well. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's, uh, you know, it's great. It's great to be back. Obviously, I was in uh, with Andrew a couple of times, and uh, you know, it was uh, it was always good to to get there. Um, but you know, yeah, from from my point of view, uh, yeah, was, there was a, there was a, a bit more than the coronavirus shock uh, coming to to me. Uh, something I totally unexpected. But listen. You know, there's there's a lot of people. Uh, you know, have uh, situations they've got to deal with, and uh, that's that's what we have to do. And uh, I'm looking forward to the new season starting, and obviously. The big kickoff this weekend, fantastic. Looking forward to 0141-951-1025. That is the number you need at Clyde SSB on Twitter. And Mark Guidi, there's no point in, in pretending it's it's the same build-up. Obviously, it's not. It feels a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, once Saturday gets here, we can all get behind the top flight, certainly, and uh, start getting our teeth into the things we used to take for granted, like dodgy refereeing decisions and bemoaning your players after two minutes and all the rest of it I, you know it's great Gordon obviously we had a very unusual um, end to the season and you know it, it was just unfortunate the way everything happened and how it all panned out the kind of fallout and the the, the rivalries and things that have happened it's been very unfortunate but here we are we're, we're three days away from the, the big kick off the new season it's going to be a hell of a season I do recall this time last season Saying it'll be madness because it was nine in a row. Well, it was madness, but we didn't quite expect the madness in terms of coronavirus and votes and changed votes and all the rest of it that went along with it. But now you have Celtic going for ten in a row, which has never ever happened in Scottish football. You've got a Rangers team trying to stop it. It is going to be a hell of a ride. It's going to be messy. It's going to be unpleasant. But hopefully, the football and the competition and a proper title race. Outweighs all of the madness That's going to come with it Yeah I mean Jim It won't be truly back Until all the divisions are back yeah. Junior football's back Amateur football's Still back youth, youth fo- Oh you're right Youth football's <laughs> back Until everyone's back that, yeah. That's when it will, you know, it, it will truly be back But we're getting there And as a, a manager In the lower leagues I remember you Standing there a couple of months ago And saying Well I've now got no players mm-hmm. Dumbarton literally have no players So mm-hmm. we, we couldn't finish the season and I notice now you're sort of signing one and two. The fixtures are out for October. Do you feel like you're, you've now got that date in mind? You can start planning a little bit. Yeah, I mean that, that's what you've got to do. I mean, there's a, there's a multitude of things that the, the the lower league clubs have to try and do. I mean, f- the, the difficulty is facilities for the start mm-hmm. because there's still obviously the, the you know the the issues uh, with the testing and you know whether you can get um, temperature testing when you get in and out safely. You know, there's a, there's a lot of the the logistics. That still have to be covered so there's all these aspects trying to find the right place uh, again as well as putting a team together when you know there's unlikely uh, the, the way the fans 
uh, you know, any level, uh, and and the income coming in, the income streams, you know, are, are going to be absolutely slashed. So it's going to be very, very difficult for a number of clubs uh, at the lower level to to really kind of plan, you know, almost uh, you know for a very, very short period of time and hope that it maybe changes at the turn of the year. Um, but you think know, they'll all survive, Jim? Because mm-hmm. we'd, we'd doubt mm-hmm. probably that some clubs would. We thought some clubs might go to the wall. How's your understanding the lower leagues? Yeah, well, I must admit, you know, we all the the stuff that went on last season, you know, with the top leagues, and then obviously just recently, you know, or not just recently, but obviously just concluded recently was the the, the relegation and promotion issues with particularly Hearts, Thistle, and Sunra. But um, I think that the, the, the SPFA will have to be careful. I think they might have to put in contingency plans for further down the line for some maybe some clubs mm-hmm. that might just not make it. Uh, and again, what we don't want is this whole debate. You know, getting further down the line if something does happen. I hope it doesn't, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Um, and, and as far as the games are concerned, you know, you mentioned there about uh, you know the going for Celtic going for ten Rangers trying to stop them. We just heard Kevin Clancy over the last couple of days, one of our top referees, actually coming out publicly, which is very unusual, and saying they will they are actually going to feel more under pressure yeah. this year than ever which actually I think is a wee bit sad that because is, yeah. they should be allowed to, to, to referee and make a decision I mean we've seen VAR down south over the, the last couple of months even and they're still horrendous I mean Bournemouth <laughs> stayed up because a horrendous uh, you know up, yeah. uh, t- a Hawkeye decision with, with Villa uh, the goalkeeper kind of, and it's, I mean listen mistakes can happen but up here when it happens you know, every every kind of conspiracy theory in the, in the world seems to seems to come out. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number you need tonight. We're on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. We will hear from Kevin Clancy a bit later on the show. Lots to get through tonight. The Championship fixtures have been announced. Uh, quite interesting, to say the least. One of the more interesting fixture lists you could possibly come up with. Um, here's what we're looking for to kick us off, though. Give us your theories about playing behind closed doors. What impact is that going to have on the football? Who does it benefit? Who does it go against? Does it impact the favourites? Does it impact the underdogs? What about home and away advantage? What about refereeing decisions? How is the football going to be affected by the fact the games are behind closed doors? Quite a general question, so I'm expecting lots of different answers. 0141 951 1025. What impact will playing behind closed doors have on the football? We'll find out, Mark Weedy, um, in the coming weeks. I don't think we'll have a full picture of it by Saturday by any means. Um, but it's going to be fascinating. Just some of the, the topics that I threw out there. You know, Is it about underdogs? Is it about mm. the favourites, home and away advantage? Is that such a thing anymore? Refereeing decision? There's a lot to consider and we don't quite know yet how it's going to affect it. No, but we don't. I mean, one thing that we, we could see from when the Bundesliga kicked off first behind closed doors, and then the English Premiership was was just behind that. They said that it was almost like home advantage was going out the window. Um, and then you, I listened to to Chris Boyd on on Sky on Monday, and he said that he thinks that the opening fixture for Rangers is ideal because you're not going to have you know sixteen, seventeen thousand Aberdeen fans, you know, being right on top of it, and and you know, try to put Rangers off their game, try to influence. The match officials, etc., etc. So he thinks that that's perfect for Rangers to go there. You know that that's the ideal scenario, which was an interesting theory. But can, you can see where it, where he's coming from. We'll only know how players will react um, after three or four games between now and the first international break, which is at the end of August, start of September. Then we'll have a wee idea of what's going to happen. But um, it, it will be interesting. It's not something I'm particularly looking forward to, uh, Gordon. To be perfectly honest, and I know there's been wee spikes. Here and there, and you know everybody's doing everything they can to protect everybody, and that's the correct thing. But I still think that there's scope for getting a certain amount of fans into most of our grounds in the country for sure. 
Time will tell Jim what, What's your gut telling you then Based on, on what Mark said Using the Pataudry example mm-hmm. Does playing behind closed doors Does that Does it benefit The likes of Celtic and Rangers On, on the road Because ultimately Going to Pataudry Part mm-hmm. of the challenge is The opposition fans you, We all know Tynecastle is not A top flight venue But you know In the past you say You're going there It's tight The crowd are right on top mm-hmm. of you Does that mean Behind closed doors Might favour the bigger sides well, if you go in that theory, the likes of going to play at Ibrox or Celtic yep. Park, isn't it? It shouldn't shouldn't be as intimidating, mm-hmm. which which it wouldn't be because it's full normally. Yep. And they, you know, you've got fifty thousand or sixty thousand uh, fans. So, you know, so uh, you know, again, and depending on what t- uh, stage of the season and how you know how important the matches are perceived. But you know, I, I think that um, you know, listen, the players will adapt the same as well, and I think ultimately it comes down to how good you are. You know, the better teams will still win. That's been proven by a Munich romped. The, the league I mean Liverpool obviously eventually you know they kind of tailed off a little bit but the league was pretty much done Man City was battering teams you know what I mean so you know I don't really think it changes too much maybe initially the, mm-hmm. the first game or so just to get used to it as Mark says maybe a game or two but ultimately the, the better players and better quality players will uh, I said I'll, I'll come I'll come to the top and, and show their skills if you know some sometimes some players you know if they're not playing well I think that can help you know, because you don't yeah. have that. You know, the, the you know the concern that if you've if you've sliced a couple <laughs> out of the pitch and the fans are on your back, you you don't have that. So you know, you might be able to calm down and kind of get get yourself through it a little bit. But generally speaking, I still think the better teams will come to the uh, come to the the the, the top uh, of the tree. And to look at the other side of that, then Mark Guidi, if we're talking about impact on players, it might be some players actually thrive off the crowd, and that makes them better. And then. Now that won't be there So it's it's right. a truly unpredictable situation There are so many untold factors That we might see materialise over the next couple of weeks Yeah, you could really see a couple of players Or mayors that, that, that we didn't think And really take games by the scruff of the net Because, because I, it suits them Yeah, I mean, Jim will know better than me He's been in the professional game for more than 40 years But you do hear after the involvement you've got Even at, you know, when you're playing six a side level With your pals There's, there's players that just can't handle Playing in front of a crowd, it, it just doesn't. They go into a shell, and as Jim said, one mistake, that's it. Boom, they're gone. You'll never see them again. Whereas now, if there's not that big crowd getting on, and you've got a chance to put the arm around them and, and cajole them and, and ease them back, then it could be. So yeah, I'm expecting to see some players naturally that we wouldn't normally expect mm-hmm. to really shine in a game. And I'm talking about the highest level, winning games, take the scruff net mm-hmm. to really emerge. I think that's going to happen. But Jim makes the the most key point of all. Ultimately, the the, the best teams should still keep. Uh, winning And you know I don't think it'll be too long Before we see a partner emerge And that'll be Celtic and Rangers At the top of the table And bear in mind They don't meet until game 11 Of the season yep. Which is quite late on So you know You could really see them going um, You know Neck and neck by then Right what do you think How will playing behind closed doors Affect what happens on the pitch It could be in a number of ways It could be in no way at all You tell us 0141 951 or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Alan's first up in Ridgery. What do you think, Alan? Will it have any impact? What impact will it have? Ah, uh, hello. Hi, Alan. Hey, uh, what is it? I think it could go for. I'm a Celtic fan. It could go for them and it could go against them. The reason I'm saying that, some sometimes when Celtic are playing Rangers or other clubs and Celtic are a goal behind, the crowd could get behind Celtic and try and tear them the G up to come on Celtic. We push them on like they did against Hamilton when, when we were drawing one each and Scott Brown scored the late winner. Also, it can go against it. Some, sometimes you're going to get odd results. You've seen it down in England. You're getting odd results. And we know crowds there. Keep back your team. Some, 
sometimes the referee might be influenced. I'm not saying the referees are influenced, but if the Celtic fans are getting the referees back, they might give a free kick or a, a penalty or a decision for Celtic or against Celtic or Rangers, in a, as a matter of fact, big, big up to prove against clubs in Scotland that might go for them and against them. And I think uh, that Celtic, my personal thing with Celtic, is some players. It's, uh, some players might find it difficult to know play in front of the crowd and other players might shine because you've not got that people 60,000 fans behind you if you make a mistake and stuff like that yeah, I mean, obviously we do have a bit of a comparison now because, as Mark mentioned, the Bundesliga come back, the English Premier League come back. There, there was, there have been some numbers f- floating around, and one that I read was that usually, if you, you know, normal circumstances in the top European leagues, away win sits about just below thirty percent. Now, with behind closed doors, that went up to thirty three and a half. It's not not a great deal, no. but but there was a, a slight increase in away wins because you're taking away that mm. home factor and. I mean, that's a fairly obvious one. You're going to Celtic Park or Ibrox without 50,000, people there. Surely that gives... The, op- the opposition. Yeah, but you've still got to be good enough to take advantage no, of of course, that. but if you're looking it, about marginal gains yeah, or whatever yeah, you call if, it. If you want to call it marginal gains, but I, I think the margin's too big. And that's my personal opinion. I still think the the, the gap between Celtic's quality and, and the rest, pretty much, you know, and, and obviously Rangers try to narrow that gap. But, you know, the, the, the fact is... You know, Celtic still be you know far too good mm-hmm. for the vast vast majority. Uh, of I day. think yeah, I think we I so completely I don't, I don't agree. Think, I don't think it's a, a margin, but I think what you said. But I think most of those games would come in the early part, the first maybe two or three weeks. Right. I would have guessed once the, the the teams get you know get get motoring, get fitter, mm-hmm. get a bit sharper, and get used to it. Then I think they, they they basically just kind of stepped up the pace, and I think you'll notice that from the the top teams in, in most other leagues, you'll get the occasional result as you would in any time, but. But I personally think that um, it, you know there will be initially. If I, if I put it this way, if I had a team just do like Hamilton, for instance, going to Celtic, but I'd rather be going there early, you know, rather mm-hmm. than after a month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think by that time, as I say, they'll be up to speed. Here's another question on the back of that: having been there as an opposition manager, would it would it alter your decision making in any way? For instance, say you had. A promising youngster He's 17, 18 But you think Hold on There's 60,000 here They're right up for it I, I don't think I'd put him on In this environment But all of a sudden There are no fans So I would yeah. be more likely To put him on Yes absolutely yeah. I mean because You know You don't know Was it the temperament Sometimes you can see The ability of players But you don't know How their temperament is And if they make a, An obvious error or a, or a couple of errors Or even just a you know, a rash challenge or anything like that, you know, it, it can impact them, you know, so, it can, listen, it can go the other way, they can score a wonder goal and all of a sudden, you know, the, you know, the, the, the headlines are there for them. But, yeah, I mean, I think that if, you, if you're if you going to risk a couple of younger players, um, then, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's more chance of these players getting the opportunity when there's no fans. And, again, just learning their trade a little bit without, this, without the, as many eyes upon them, with the pressure. But the games are all going to be on some form of yep. TV coverage so that will put a, a different spotlight on them what about on your travels then Alan as a Celtic fan do Celtic have a better chance going to the likes of Pataudry without a crowd or, or you know or with one is it as simple as that would you rather go to places like Pataudry whilst there were no fans no I'd rather go to Pataudry with fans I'd rather go to any, any crowd no 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 yeah, I know that I mean in terms of the, t- the team's chances of, of winning on the pitch of course you want to go and experience it no I, I get that but I'm talking about the that what it does to the task for the football team. Well, I, I, I think 
I think Celtic will be all, I think Celtic will be alright. It's just when you're both fans there, you've got a bit of back like this helps you sometimes go over the line sometimes as Scott Brown scored against Hamilton as I said earlier on. It just helps you sometimes when you've got fans behind you, you've got the fans behind you sometimes I'm a bit worried that you get an unusual result at Celtic Park. You don't get unusual results in Celtic Park, whereas away team away games like in last season we're living in that it didn't matter if you had fans I'm worried about it Sometimes you get all the results As Jim says Yep, it's going to be interesting to see uh, We clearly would prefer fans to be there But we know that they can't for the meantime So just wonder what you think it'll do to the football If you want to say it'll do absolutely nothing to the football That's fine, because there is no right or wrong answer uh, to this one Give us a call, 01419511025 That was Alan in Ridry Bob is in Fife, what do you think Bob? Hi guys, uh, good to hear a conversation about football That does it involve a lawyer oh, we, might, we might get um, to that later on Bob <laughs> Uh, I think it's a good question about what will happen and uh, if you look at the games that we've uh, seen on TV so far my opinion is there seems to be a lack of aggression in going for the 50-50 ball and people seem to be sitting back just a little bit more and if that happens in Scottish football then it's going to open up the game for the ball players and the teams and it will change Scottish football dramatically because it's a pretty fast, aggressive game we play here in Scotland. And if players start to sit back and let some of these players, like Arebo and Rangers, for instance, and, and McGregor and Celtic, to get more and more time on the ball, it's going to change the game quite dramatically here. Mark's that a possibility? It could well be, yeah. You know, if you've not, you know, we're talking about fans. Um, you know, sometimes the, the opposition manager will, will use it if you're going to Ibrox or Parkhead. Um, try to use it to the advantage. You know, you silence the crowd or get the crowd on the back after 20 minutes on the, the home team's back, etc. So it, it, it could well be when you've not got the road of the crowd to maybe it does kind of bring it down a wee bit. Um, I think certainly in the English Championship, I remember talking to someone down there a couple of weeks ago and they were saying that the running stats. Um, were down quite significantly right, okay. for most of the players and they were just trying to work out is it a balance of just they're not quite up to speed yeah, with uh, fitness or is it the roar of the crowd not yeah, spurring them on it, you know mm-hmm. so they were trying to kind of work out exactly what it was so that was quite an interesting factor so Bill eh, sorry Bob um, may well have a point with that but again your guys like your Callum McGregor's and, and your Joe Rebels the real class players <clears throat> excuse me anyway will come around but but Referees, I think you pointed it right at the top. It'll be interesting to see how referees yeah. referee games now when there's no crowds. Yeah, we're there. going to hear from Kevin Clancy in the not too distant future. But that Bob is is absolutely right, Jim. There might be that drop off in intensity, mm-hmm. and then Mark is right as well. We won't really know whether that's down to the lack of crowds or whether it's down to the fact that players have had a very disrupted pre-season and hadn't played for a long time before that. So that's another. Yeah, well, again, as I said, in. I think a lot of times with the first few games, the first. I think at least three games and then players will get up to speed a little bit and move the ball a bit quicker get adjusted to it all but I do agree with Bob to a certain extent there because you know there isn't that you're not driven by the fans you know fans will push you on so if, if the opposition for instance has got the ball at the back and they're knocking it about you do that in Scotland for for four or five passes believe me your fans are <laughs> screaming for you to go and press that ball and as much as well, even if your manager says to you tactically oh just let them have the ball you feel, you feel that pressure you have to change so therefore you do start to 
press the ball. You st- there is a more intensity. There's more running, as Mark says. The the, the stats go up because you, you're then chasing to trying to trying to hound mm. the opposition because your fans demand it. But if not, you can you're a little bit calmer. Yeah, just leave them with the ball. So the game is a little bit slow. And I do think watching a lot of the games, I watched you know pretty much most of them uh, over the last few months. Yeah, I think I think there was there was it was almost like. There was like patches in games where they were really, really sharp and exciting, and then there was lulls in the game, yeah. more lulls. And I think that's to do with the fact there isn't the atmosphere. Specifically this weekend, then Bob Rangers at Pataudry. It's always one of the standout fixtures in our calendar, but part of that is the crowd, and it's not going to be there. So, what what does that mean for your team, Rangers, this weekend? Uh, well, I I think it will help the away team in all games, um, to be honest, because most teams when they're they're playing away have the smaller minority of the crowd so Aberdeen playing at home are used to having a lot of the fans there cheering them on, Rangers less so and Aberdeen won't have that and I think that will affect the home team more than it will affect the away team and I think that probably reflects into some of the results we've seen in, in the other leagues where you know away teams have won at home uh, perhaps unexpectedly um, so I, personally it's Football is better with fans, there's no question that it's a spectator sport. But uh, for Rangers, I don't think it's a disadvantage. For Aberdeen, I think it is a disadvantage. Bob, you're a good man. That was Bob in Fife, 01419511025. We're going to hear from referee Kevin Clancy after the travel with Stephen. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy's in the studio Mark Guidi alongside them and they're waiting for you to get in touch 01419511025 the number and at Clyde SSB on Twitter we're asking you tonight what impact will playing behind closed doors have on the football who does it benefit who does it impact negatively the favourites the underdogs home away is there such an advantage anymore what about refereeing decisions all of the above and more let us know what you think Usual number or Twitter At Clyde SSB In fact I think there are quite a few tweets coming in On that one So we'll just give you a flavour of them What have we got Grant says uh, Rangers will 100% benefit from it Especially at home Home crowd always up for the big games But when it comes to games against St Johnston or Hamilton etc One mistake or bad touch or pass And they are Not very good Had to edit that one uh, Players with no confidence um, To start with Just get made to feel Worse And I think that goes back to to, to what you mentioned earlier on Jim James Tavernier Very public With some programme notes About you know mentality And coping with pressure And that sort of thing If you are You know a centre half For instance And not just Connor Goldson But, but any centre half At any club And you've played A couple of those Risky passes into midfield And the crowd get on you You probably don't try it again But, but now that That won't be there Do you think we'll start To see those types of Effects yeah, but I think it might also lead to a few errors and a few mistakes. I mean, we saw it down south, particularly goalkeepers. I mean, the amount of goalkeepers. Casper Schmeichel trying to take well, on strikers. Just, just recently, but I mean, but, but, I mean, just about every week, there was a goalkeeper trying to thread those little passes through the centre, or a centre back trying to pass oh, that little tight passes. That does man nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but you see it all the time. And because mm. there isn't that pressure of the fans there. The, you know, whereas if the fans were, as you say, they'd made an error, they're likely not to do it. They're likely to say, well, I'll, I'll hit the strikers or whatever. But. So I think that I think there might be a few errors in the early part, but listen, it's, it's all it's all about you you know your mental strength as a footballer. If you play for a big club, you've got to handle it. That's the bottom line. Whether there's no fans in or it's a full house, you've got to handle the responsibility of playing for a top club. Your your job is to mm-hmm. win, and in certain cases, win with style. 
But win first and foremost And if you're not winning And the opposition is beating you You're going to take stick You've got to be able to handle yeah. that or, or you shouldn't be at that top club Based on what Jim's saying there though Mark Then sometimes So pressure isn't always a bad thing Because sometimes it can sharpen you up And sometimes it can It can sharpen your decision making If that's You know I, I, I agree with Jim If if you are a top player That you want to be a top player You should be Itching to be out in front of either Whether it's 50,000 at Ibrox Or 60,000 at Parkhead You should be itching to play in front of that crowd To thrive on it To believe in yourself To cope with it Even if you do make a mistake Bounce back from it Just show that you're a winner And show that you deserve to wear that jersey And this season of all seasons Whether you're going You're going for the title Whether it's to win 10 in a row Or stop 10 in a row Do one in, do one in a row Whatever way you want to word it And phrase it But if you don't want it And you're actually happier Get out and play in the front of no fans Because you've not got the right mentality Jim's right You shouldn't be anywhere mm. near Celtic Just in this country You shouldn't be anywhere near Celtic or Rangers Ken is on the line What do you think Ken? What impact can you see it having? Well I think it's, it's going to be a bit funny At the start of the season I mean you'll be able to hear everything the players are saying And it's going to be interesting to see how many times The commentators apologise for the bad language <laughs> There's every chance so, <laughs> and as a referee I was on when it was last night beating it might have been I'm not 100% sure who said well at least the players can't pretend to not hear you because of the crowd noise now yeah that's another thing we're going to hear managers and Jim you know, Duffy that you're a shouter there isn't I've been there I've been in press but you are a shouter yeah, and now, sure. and now, I don't swear now it'll be there for everyone to hear he's coaching at my level generally You have to do more Than you should have to do At the top level The, the, the better quality players you get I mean And saying that I mean Watching Guardiola who, and, and, and Klopp You mm. know They're still Still get uh, You know Still getting onto their players And again They're maybe trying to generate Tempo and things like that Because there's no fans but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think uh, you know, there was a couple of guys in the, in the, the press recently saying that uh, you know they've no excuse for blanking the manager. You know, generally speaking, I never heard you. Couldn't you hear you with the crowd? Now there's no excuses and referees as well. You might hear a few remarks made to referees, you know, from players. And, and by the way, said, maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing. Maybe that would embarrass mm, us into yeah. cleaning up the way we yeah, talk to the officials. Yeah, a little it, might, bit. Uh, it might show that uh, you know the the referees take a fair bit of stick. So yeah, I mean, Ken's right. You, there will be a, a, a colourful language at times, but uh, you know, listen, it's, it happens. It's, it's an emotive sport. You know, it's, it's passionate, and when decisions go, the, 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 there is a reaction. But as I said before, it's it's one of those situations where I think that um, it'll be interesting to see you know how just how how we. Um, promote the game Obviously the English Premiership yep. Had a, a ton of money And they had all the various Different ways of Of uh, watching the game I'm not quite sure If that'll be the case in Scotland And just on that quickly Before we let Ken back in Did you see Matt Ritchie Did you see the clip of Matt Ritchie Now bear in mind Matt Ritchie was one of these I think he said He'd never been to Scotland before When he when he got his Scotland caps And uh -huh. some people don't like That sort of thing But he he, um, he used the very Scottish sweary words oh, when, he, when he was Breaking the linesman at one point And it picked up Clear as day And it was actually pretty funny um, But there we go Ken What you what, what you want to come back in Sorry Well one thing I was going to say To Jim That I hope he remains healthy For the rest of the season And he can at least say To his players If you want me To stay at a hospital You play your heart Out there You know what I mean <laughs> uh, Exactly man That's the but, thing is Just keep keep me calm <laughs> uh, I was also The one People I've been on About you know uh, how, how, how Rangers are going to be Great this season I mean They were quite good In the first part Of last season But you know, all right, there's not going to be a winter break this time, but they, they folded, they folded two years in a row. Because there's no Christmas break, do you think they'll keep momentum going if they manage to get some momentum up? We don't, Ken, we, we, we don't know. There's 38 games. All you know is, you know, to, to be a, 
to be a league champion and, and, and you know for example you would imagine but again it's, it's different circumstances that, that we're going to certainly for the first seven or eight games of the season for sure but you would imagine that in, in order to win the title Rangers are going to have to win 31 or 32 other league games draw a couple and, and you can afford to lose two or three but providing that you know two or three losses on the to Celtic and, and beating Celtic is not Rangers problem because they've shown that they can do it and they can do it at Celtic Park it's getting that mentality to do it week in, week out at Rugby Park, Easter Road, at Ross County, at Motherwell, at Tannadice now that, that that's back in the frame, and that's what Rangers have got to go and show. You know, it, it, great doing it for one half of the season, but you've got to do it for two half of the season, and that's where you must give Celtic a lot of credit for from the managers that they've had during nine in a row, Scott Brown, um, driving the team on. You know, to do that week in, week out, to win as eleven domestic. Trophies on a trot, you know, somebody has to go and stop them. Rangers are the will be the favourites of the rest to go and stop them. But Stephen Gerrard and his players know it. They have got to produce it week in, week out, and it absolutely starts on Saturday and going to Petodre and showing that they can do it, that they have already bounced back from the disappointment of the second half of last season, even though the season was curtailed. You need to go to Petodre and win. You get the logic though Jim Because Rangers One of their big problems In the last two seasons Has been continuing momentum From before the break to after And now there's not a break So again Another difference for this season That we'll find out What impact if any it has Yeah I mean If you, if you have momentum You don't want the break There's absolutely no doubt about it So if Rangers can get a uh, You know A bit of consistency In the first half of the season And they can, that can, they, I'm sure they'll be better Without that But you know The biggest test Will be uh, recruitment and and having those quality of players. I mean, there's there's still the debate before. I mean, a few days before the new season kicks off, is Alfredo Morelos going to be, you know, the, your number one striker? I heard Gordon and uh, the talking last night, and you know he was 100 percent right. If you, you're guaranteed pretty much 30 goals from him every year in Scottish football, so to replace that, you know, of course you might mix up. You might have other players who score 18, 20 goals. So if you've got two or three players that can do that, fantastic. But I think Rangers need big performances this year, particularly from from Ryan Kent. I think he's got to improve. Mm-hmm. He's got to improve, and he's just—I don't think he'd any assists. Mm-hmm. So he's got—he's got to be more of a a, a, a a player that contributes a little bit more in the goal threat and goal assists and goal scoring. Um, Morelos, if he's there, great. If he's not, Rangers have to recruit very well to replace him. So there's a number of, number of things that, that are going to impact the season. But listen, it's great to be talking about these set of things. A few days before we, yeah. kick, we kick a ball Because for so long We didn't manage to talk about the football Thank stuff. you very much to Ken Let's hear from Kevin Clancy The referee says It's not just players and fans That are aware of the significance Of this season He says all the officials Are all too aware How much is at stake During the campaign He knows they'll be scrutinised More than ever I can absolutely guarantee you That the referees officiating In the Premier League uh, Know exactly What's at stake uh, This season um, we are, We're under no illusions That um, every decision Probably in almost every game uh, is going to be scrutinised at a level that um, even you guys in the media uh, probably haven't seen for a, a long, long period of time. So um, I think uh, if you if you want to take anything away from this kind of Q&A is that uh, the guys have been training hard, the guys are, are ready for the season that's about to start and we, we really do know uh, what's at stake um, for the whole of the division And what about on the theme of tonight's show What about referees behind closed doors He says they'll need to guard against complacency He says he'll miss the crowd noise And they'll need to work hard to remain focused without it There shouldn't be too much different in the sense that you know We'll still be applying the laws of the game In exactly the same way 
Uh, but I think what referees and players are going to find is that, you know, the intensity that surrounds a match, the crowd noise, the atmosphere, in many ways, uh, I suppose it runs the risk of having a feel of a, of a friendly fixture when you're used to doing bounce games and stuff like that when it's a closed door match. But obviously, we'll be, the teams will be playing for points. You know, league matches will be at stake. So I think, I think it's going to be the atmosphere and the intensity more than anything else that's we'll miss, we'll probably be looking forward to when spectators are allowed back in, hopefully at some point later in the year. I mean, I'd like to hope it won't change the, the decision-making. Um, you're right, though, in a big game, crowd noise, you know you're under pressure, you know every decision's being carefully scrutinised. It certainly keeps your concentration and your focus up, and I suppose uh, maybe a challenge for referees in empty stadiums will just be making sure that because not very much seems to be happening, we don't get lulled into some sort of false sense of security and that the, the concentration level and the focus remains at the, at the top level Referees are only human We sometimes forget it Jim Duffy It's only natural That if they go to A full Celtic Park Or a full Ibrox And the noise that gets made When there's a perception of a foul For the home team Versus the noise that gets made When it's on the wayside Is completely different So what will that be like when, when that's not here anymore? Yeah, I'm interested to hear, hear Kevin Clancy there. And again, you know, we, we sometimes think that, uh, you know, listen, every every supporter thinks that the referees are against them. doesn't matter what team you support and what, you know, what club you manage. You always think you'd, you, you'd never get the, um, you know, a fair crack of the whip. But, uh, you know, I think the, the thing he said there was concentration. I think as, as a kind of double-edged sword, if you if you've got three or four, I mean the bigger teams are in your penalty box more often, so that's a fact. So there's, there's every chance that there's going to be a attack or a decision that it might not go your way. But the referee's not given two or three challenges. He's, he's under pressure. He's got fifty, sixty thousand people screaming at him every time. So the next one, and you'll tell players that. Listen, you get a minute half time. Don't make another challenge in the box because the referee's under pressure. It's sure as fate something happens. That's not to say that the referee might not be right, but that that does. At the same token, in a closed-door game that Kevin Clancy referred to there, you can sometimes see referees being a little bit lax, not not lax deliberately, but just switched off a little bit in one or two, you see one, sometimes one or two challenges, you think, oh, a normal game, that, that wouldn't have happened. So he said, they've got to make sure they keep they don't they don't play it as a closed door as a as a as a non meaningful game. Mm-hmm. There's actually points at stake, even though it's closed door. So concentration, I think, will will be more difficult for referees because it's likely sometimes the game's a bit flat, and it's just understandable they might just kind of switch off a little bit, you know. So I think it will be difficult for them. They're, they're obviously, they're pivotal to mm-hmm. every game and every season, but particularly this season, and and we all know why. But you know, the referees can very quickly become targets. Um, for a defeat by 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 a club, and this is where players and managers this season, of all seasons uh, around the country, have got to show a greater level of respect and understanding to, to to a referee's role. So, for example, if you lose a game and Celtic and Rangers have been guilty of it in the past year or two, they send out statements hounding the the referee and demanding this and demanding that. Statements that play to the gallery, God. You know how it works That needs to stop It's totally unfair If a referee makes a mistake Makes a mistake Managers post-match Don't berate the referee Play and I've said it many times In this programme I wish it I see again at the start of the season You know Encouraging PFA Take the knee Show the some the red card Which is absolutely right I get all that and, and, and that's the way It should be But what about a campaign To, to say to players Don't cheat the, your fellow pro Don't try and con the referee To make their lives more, more difficult Which in turn Makes them become mm. a target For fans and stuff like that So um, Referees have a lot of sympathy for And there needs to be 
Starting on Saturday There needs to be from, from the clubs and the players Which then generates itself to the supporters A greater uh, degree of understanding And a greater res- all-round respect Shown to referees And I don't expect this to catch on for a second But but really your your sympathy Or your understanding for referees Should really be increasing as time goes on Because if you look at the way The laws of the game are, are constantly being tweaked mm-hmm. And evolved They are being done so with VAR in mind mm-hmm. And we don't have it yeah. So refs are now asked to Look at the handball rule for instance And yeah. we've seen it many times The obvious example from last year Was the ball hits Odds on Edward Against Rangers Massive game yeah. Goes into the back of the net That that handball rule The way they tweaked it That was brought in to go hand in hand mm-hmm. Pardon yeah, the pun right, yeah. With VAR And we don't have it And yeah. what's worse is, is COVID-19 has probably pushed That, that yeah. further down the line for mm-hmm. us So I don't expect everyone to be totally understanding of referees' mistakes, but it's worth bearing that in mind. I don't think there'll be very, very few people. <laughs> that was worth a try. You know, it was at worth all. a try. Uh, and, but Jim, you know, there should be a greater degree, and it's got to start at the top of the football club, so it felt as its way Matt, down. Matt, I agree with you that there should be a more respect and more understanding. And listen, you ask any coach if you want to call it, because generally it's not the manager, but co- a lot of coaches take that are be- as a referee at training games and amongst their own players. And every one of them hate it because <laughs> the amount of stick they get from players, every decision, and do they know how difficult it is? David in the south side's got some good points to raise. We're going to hear from him next. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here. David is in the south side. What's on your mind tonight, David? I, I was just wondering. Um... As it looks like It'll be uh, TV Is how we're uh, Watching football um, mm-hmm. You think they're going to Add uh, sound effects um, Because I'd imagine uh, When a uh, If a team scores You know Without the roar of the crowd Is it the, There'll be surely Less bookings Because uh, who's going to be Pulling their top off And swinging <laughs> around their head To celebrate uh, uh, It's a good question Follow Follow the uh, Was it the the major baseball league in America Where they're going to put CGI crowds in Just to make it look a bit more realistic Good couple of questions couple of points to cover I think I read somewhere um, That obviously Well Sky did it in England didn't they So I think they're going to put the same sort of Crowd effects on um, In terms of the club's own streaming platforms Most of them are using the same streaming platform yeah, I think yeah. I don't know whether that will mean that they'll all do it Or none of them will do it Interestingly Celtic actually played crowd noise Over the tannoy mm-hmm. Against Hibs on on Monday and who did they play on Sunday? Ross County. Ross County, uh, Ross County on Sunday. So there are a couple. Like to do that during the game, Gordon. Or only when yeah. a goal goes in, or it's a yeah, corner. That, or something that, that's like that. what I'm not sure of, but I think the Sky one will just be quite familiar with what we've seen in, in the English games. Yeah. We'll have some sort of of crowd noise, as David says. Maybe I think we should be giving out extra booking. See for any player that's milking his celebration in an empty state. I saw a few knee slides yeah. to the corner oh, yeah. flag in England with no yeah. fans. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I, I think there was a wee bit tongue in cheek with some. Do you think of them. so? I, mean, I did wonder. And and also some of them run behind the the goal and wave to no one and that kind of stuff. Or the cardboard cutouts. Uh, yeah, I mean, as David said, you know, you might have green screen or or the way around it, and then and then put your holograms or whatever it happens to be on it. But I'm sure, I'm sure if it lasted too much longer, someone would be come up with a kind of a proper virtual crowd. Yeah, on that one, David, I don't think we're quite going down the CGI route. A lot of clubs are mm-hmm. sort of seeing it as a bit of a chance to make a bit of money selling the, the opportunity. Opportunity to have your your cardboard cut out I know so, um, a lot of the clubs are doing that one um, But I, I like David's point about the celebrating Because it was going to You're going to have to distinguish between the guys that are doing it To take the mick tongue in cheek And the guys sure, that are uh, losing the plot 
I'm sure any clubs would have a wonderful players because you can't get booked for um, over celebrating surely an empty stadium. I'd just be taking a biscuit. But yeah, because it's the, fan, be a very, the fans aren't surging anyway. towards the, 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 the there's no safety, there's no safety issues, and that's generally when the the reason why they get they get booked for running. Unless it's remote control, cardboard cutouts. Can yeah. you imagine that this this show on the Monday night when the first player gets sent off because he got a second booking for jumping the advertising board <laughs> at an empty stadium? This phone leaving the pitch without permission. You Evans will be too much. For him to handle What about the effect On the football David What do you think How do you think It's going to play out uh, I think it'll be A, a unique season To, to say the least um, But um, It's just it's, it's one of those things I know that Some of the panel said oh, We need to get some Some crowds back in But um, Unfortunately The way this uh, This virus spreads He said shouting and screaming Is probably the, the Best way to spread it around And it's the same with uh, gigs and, and whatnot. They said it's just going to be the last thing to come back. So I think it's, uh, it'll be a long haul. We need to be quite clear of this before um, you get large crowds together, unfortunately. So it's going to be a strange one to watch from the sidelines or the armchair. Is it going to be this season for me? Yeah, I, I don't mean to make light of what's obviously a serious situation, but of all the things that are just not going to catch on in Scotland, the idea, listen, you can go to the game, but just please don't shout. Mm-hmm. Don't don't shout or scream. Can you imagine the yeah. Scottish footballing public trying to deal with those uh, constraints? In England just now, though, I, I think in Scotland as well, I'm not 100% sure, but in England just now, you can have an amphitheatre, you can have out, outdoor theatre, an outdoor music event, a bit. But, so um, obviously football is outdoor. So again, listen, I, I don't know all the medical knowledge, and, and you know, as Mark says, if you... If you put 20,000 in a 60,000 stadium where it's logistically possible, if everybody wore a mask, so yeah. therefore you're not, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs and all the rules and regulations, but we just like to think that, you know, we're, we're transmission levels getting lower and lower and lower. And therefore, we hope that um, eventually, yeah. in, in a few months' time, in a couple of months' time, at least there's a, there's a possibility of it. And as, as David says, yeah, we know. You know, you know, uh, singing and all that kind of stuff. But as I said, if if, if everybody wears a mask, then fair enough. There's Listen, not... a lot of young guys wear them wear them anyway. You know, they, you see them on the crowd; they're all they're all uh, the they're, 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 they're snoods and stuff like that anyway. So therefore, uh, no, but that much difference. The, the, the English season starts back September the twelfth weekend. Yeah. That could be a marker because there'll be severe mm-hmm. pressure. There'll be lobbying going on down the road. There'll be, uh, 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 say, Boris Johnson and his government compared mm-hmm. to up here. Or, that the Scottish government calls the shots, but they will be absolutely pushing towards crowds being in for September the 2nd. That might be a marker for us too. David in the South Side, good to hear from you. Stephen is on Twitter, Stephen McEwen. He says, the new Sky deal might highlight Scottish football's not as bad as some down south would have you believe. If we've got the same empty stadiums as everyone else, people might actually start to see beyond said half-empty stadia that we've become accustomed to and actually enjoy it. I must admit Some of the, the stadia down south Actually does look quite slick The way they've got it all wrapped You know with all the commercial messages I mean nothing compared to having fans in But they've at least made it look As tidy as possible I hope we try and do something similar I hope, I hope there's at least Some sort of plan in place uh, Supersonic Cell Interesting to see refereeing performances During no crowds Straight reds You can call a mile away Same with pens The crowd will scream out Will it be the same on referees' judgement? Referees could be massively berated Even more so After games now Just when you didn't think it was possible <laughs> Uh, and Rod is on as well Rod says I'm looking forward to hearing who the talkers are 
I think players are too quiet mm-hmm. Ask Jim what it was like Back in the day Can he imagine What John Lambie Would have been like <laughs> I think I think you might have needed A, a, ve- a very uh, Continuous bleep button That's for sure uh, You know I think the, the, the commentator Would just continually say Can we apologise for John's language Apologise oh, for John's God. language It'd been constant Thistle games moved to After the washhead <laughs> yeah, Every yeah, week would have been. To... Well, yeah, you'll, but... still get, you'll still get Dick Campbell Involved yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, There's one or two But uh, no, in, in term, in Just in terms of um, Players talking it, Yeah I mean that, That's definitely uh, uh, you know something that's changed dramatically. You know over the years. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's a lot of different nationalities now, so it's maybe slightly different. But yeah, there's there's not as anywhere near as many talkers there used to be. You know, half your team would be would be constantly talking. Now there's you get the odd one or two, and a lot of managers you know uh, are, are looking for these type of players to take that responsibility, organise that. But there's there's they're very few and far between. It's still I, I still can't get my head. Round that gym How you can be a professional Football at any level Gordon You're playing Sixes But when you're a professional Footballer And you don't Communicate With your teammates And then I remember One night you came in here One Wednesday Probably a couple of years ago And you were hoarse And I said Oh what you said Oh we were playing I don't know if you were at Morton Or, or, or the back of the time. Said, I was actually coaching my players Constantly mm-hmm. During the 90 minutes you're, you're shouting Man on for the time yeah. And you're thinking why Why has the art of communication Been lost on the path? Because the art of communication Is lost it. anyway Because everyone is virtual now So it's social media or so you Just, just text them to say yeah. man on Yeah but, but, but that that To be honest <laughs> Send them with, a that Snapchat is, it's, it's the same as dressing rooms You used to have You know a dressing room Where everybody come in the dressing room Sit around And it'd just be constant chat And banter And, and not just banter Talking about who you're playing against So if yeah. you're you and, the, yeah. and me And our centre half Would be talking about Playing against a striker, what kind of you go tight with a mile drop off, so and so and so. Now the music's on full blast. You see, even the top players now come in, they've all got the earphones on, they're walking in. So, listen, communication's but, just different now. It's just that, is. Is, is that going to become a case where surely then it should be worked into the modern day coaching manuals where you've actually got to coach the art of getting your players to communicate? Well, we try, we, we you know, coaches in particular will try that all the time. You know, you you simple things. You know, of of you have to pass information on. But in in the heat of a game, it's rare. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. Thescottishsun.co.uk/slash/football. The SPFL have published the fixtures for the lower leagues today. I don't know if you've seen these. Lots of interesting ones, but obviously, the one that jumps out on the opening day after everything we've been through this summer, Hearts will play Dundee. On the opening day of the championship You couldn't make it up Or or maybe in fact you could And budge against John Nelm So a a bit of food for thought during the news What should we call that fixture? What could we rename it? What sort of nickname could we give the derby? Get your thinking caps on But in the meantime Beat the pundit 0141 951 1025 Phone in Take on Mark Weary or Jim Duffy And win a signed ball It's 2-0 to the listeners this week The pundits have been horrible To start off the week Let's see what tonight has in store Lines close at 7 Tackle the headlines 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Great discussion in the first hour So many of your suggestions uh, So many of your suggestions coming in About what impact Playing behind closed doors will have in football Just so many things that maybe we haven't considered And we'll find out in the coming weeks and months You can keep that going I, I really want you to get creative on this one I want to know what we should call Hearts against Dundee is the opening fixture of the championship. 
two of Duff's fought him And I know he's been Winning the blocking Scottish yeah, football Two of his former Absolutely clubs Managed yeah. Managed both The Jim Duffy no, Derby Didn't he manage Hearts Aye technically You, did, well, you, you no, had a spell did, did I was you know, no, head coach Sorry football but you ah, did take the team for a, for a few games, well, did you no, know? I was, no, I was supposed to. T- I was supposed to pick the team according to Romanoff. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Jim Duffy derby doesn't count. I want better than that. It's Budge against Nelms, Harps against Dundee. Everything that went on with the email. What can we call that fixture ahead of the big kickoff? Get your suggestions and try and keep them clean. And uh, we'll do this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. TheScottishSun.co.uk/slash/football. Beat the pundit before that, and the pundits. Um, the they're struggling after lockdown I must say Hugh Keevans Battered on Monday Gordon DL Embarrassed on Tuesday What will I mean truly More than usual What will I in store For Mark or Jim One of them's taking on Grant Who's from East Kilbride But he's now in the Netherlands Hi Grant How you doing guys How you doing panel Hi, Grant. Be, be honest Grant Did you just listen on Monday and Tuesday And think That lot are hopeless <laughs> I want a piece of this action Yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It depends. Well, depends on the questions, of course. But yeah, let's go for it. That's yeah. it. They're, all, they're only easy if you know them. What's yeah. Grant doing in the Netherlands? You live there now, Grant? Yeah, I moved over here a few years ago. I'm a, a hockey coach. Uh, oh, right. I finished university and moved over here because the jobs back home were quite. Uh, yeah, there was none. And hockey's uh, big in Holland. That's a big, the big sport. Well, it's flat. <laughs> you don't need to up shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, Where, whereabouts in Holland are you? Uh, uh, Nijmegen Nijmegen That was Nijmegen. Jimmy Calderwood's uh, place wasn't it? Was Jimmy managed Michael Higdon Did he go there after Mother? Anyway right Enough of that small talk Let's go on to the main The main event heads Grant will take on Mark Guidi Tails it will be Jim Duffy And it is Tails Jim Duffy against Grant From East Kilbride Slash the Netherlands So I'm going to give Jim Duffy Something else to preoccupy him Just so that he doesn't know What you're saying Grant We'll get 30 seconds on the clock And the only thing you have to know Is that if you don't know it Pass quickly And move on to the next one Are you ready? Yeah, no problem Good man Your time starts now Which Scottish side are nicknamed the Bairns? Pass Who won the Champions League in 2013? 2013 Pass From which club did Celtic sign Moussa Dembele? Uh, Fulham Who's the Northern Ireland head coach? Mike O'Neill Which Scottish side play their home games at Station Park? Pass Which year did Ali McCoyst end his Rangers playing career? 2000 Okay, let's bring back Jim Duffy Jim, can you hear us? Yes You can Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now Which Scottish side are nicknamed the Bairns? Falkirk Who won the Champions League in 2013? Chelsea From which club did Celtic sign Moussa Dembele? Leon. Who is the Northern Ireland head coach? Ian Barraclough Which Scottish side play their home games at Station Park? Four for a fight. In what year did Ali McCoyst end his Rangers playing career? Oh, 1999 Who do St Mirren face in their opener on Saturday? Oh, Livingston Which Italian side play at the Allianz Stadium? Uh, Italian side, uh, Roma Who is the... Oh, give you the benefit Who is the Partick Thistle captain? Oh, Tom Aware Okay, okay Grant, what do you think? You've heard the... The attempt from Jim Have you done enough? Uh, I don't think so Don't think so Neither do I For what it's worth Let's go through them And find out First one <laughs> Question number one Which Scottish side Are nicknamed the Bairns Falkirk 1-0 Jim Duffy 
Uh, producer Dan is a tough one Just to recall that Who won the Champions League in 2013 Who would you have gone Mark? Uh, do you know what? I've, I've written down Chelsea as well But I know it's yeah, wrong It was Bayern Munich Yeah, yeah Quite a tough one I must say Right 1-0 uh, Grant you did equalise though You made a match of it early on Celtic signed Moussa Dembele from Fulham He now plays yeah. for Lyon So there we go Who's the Northern Ireland head coach? Bit of sympathy for you Grant It used to be Michael O'Neill um, But it is now Ian Barraclough Former Motherwell manager 2-1 to Jim Duffy and then it kind of went downhill It went 3-1 Jim Duffy 4 for Athletic Station Park um, Duffy was closest mm. But no points for that 98 right. For Ali McCoist Would you have got that one on the nose? I did, yeah yep. I got that Because it was a year that, that Walter left and Dick took over yep. uh, St Mirren do face Livingston So Jim stretches his lead um, Not perfect though Juve play at the Alliance mm. And you're right It's one of your former players Isn't it Tam O'Ware oh, Is yeah, the Partick Thistle chapter 1-2-3-4 5-4 for Jim Even if I was too generous In giving him the time For the last one mm-hmm. It was uh, unfortunately For you Grant Better than your one You got Moussa Dembele But it wasn't enough Hard lines Grant No, no it's a whitewash No worries Congratulations <laughs> Good man Enjoy <laughs> the hockey Grant. That was Grant From East Kilbride in the Netherlands uh, And do you know what The pundits had to get on the board At some point Because this week has been mur- 6-2 DL got turned over last night oh, he, was, he was all over the place um, There we go Right I'm, I'm hoping we'll get Some good suggestions on this And I almost dread to look though Just to see what we're coming mm. up with Hearts against Dundee On the opening day Now just, just remember Everything we went through With the vote And the email And the not vote And all the statements And the name calling And the mudslinging Hearts and Dundee have miraculously been drawn to face each other on the opening day of the Championship. All the SPFL lower leagues uh, fixtures have been published. The opening day is the 17th of October. Um, If that's not enough for you, it's the same day as Celtic against Rangers. And uh, also in the Championship, we've also got Dunfermline against Inverness. And if you have been following Mm. events closely, you will know that Ross MacArthur and Scott Gardner don't get on too well there either. No love lost. Um, So a bit of a rivalry Saturday going on. (laughs) What should we call... Hearts against Dundee You know we've got Sort of old firm New firm You get the classical On the continent What could we call it Mark Weedy You've been working in tabloids Too long Because what did you come up with During the break well, a, a play on, on grudge match It's the budge match mm-hmm. The budge match Alright okay Jim Duffy Can you talk to me His tabloid experience there no, The budge I, match No I just In I, I, that I've, I would get us off here I've, <laughs> I've got another <laughs> Want to flip it round From a from right. Potentially from a, a Dundee uh-huh. angle so you, 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 it's no perfect, but you can make it fit. Right, a nightmare on Nelms Street. Oh, oh right, yes. I like that. Yeah, okay. David well, Ness going to Gorgy Road, but you know what I mean. David Ness, I think's leading on Twitter so far. He's gone for the dossier derby. <laughs> I mean, I know they were involved, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, dossier derby. I like that. Um, the only one. See, I was thinking about this earlier. The only one I could think of was the spam folder derby. Well, that's what it was oh, all about wasn't it? The spam folder yeah. The email The yeah. spam folder Darby I don't know if that's going to uh, Going to stick uh, John Rogers says Hearts v Dundee Look who's talking I quite like that And t- Thomas Brooks Has been listening to Last night's Beat the Pundit He says Hearts v Dundee Gordon DL would probably Call that the Hibernian Darby He <laughs> 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 had a bit of a mare uh, On last night Yeah if you can top Any of those Chris Miller says The new shafted firm Move on quickly uh, For that one uh, Brian McLeod says The SPFL supercomputer Goes again More chance of winning The lottery twice Than all these fixtures From a random computer Disgrace But I wouldn't get Too hung up on it Of course it's not Completely random Because Celtic and Rangers Can't play at home On the same weekend mm-hmm. We always try and have Derbies around New Year And all the rest of it So it's only random yeah, To an extent yeah, it's, it's, it's never it's I don't think it's pretending To be completely yeah. random 
Yeah, Otherwise we would have serious issues Yeah it's the same as you say just, Not just Celtic Rangers But if Hearts and Hibs are in the same set Dundee, Dundee United and so on and so forth There's, there's a lot of clubs that you you know, you know want to keep So the, the, yeah it's not it's not completely random it's a, it's a very very difficult thing to do I must admit you know I mean It's certainly um, You know you, you're always going to get stuck People always look at the, the winter period and say well, Why is you know, Motherwell going up to Ross County on a Tuesday night in January and all that kind of stuff. Well, somebody has to go there and these type of things. So, no, you're never going to please everyone. Stephen has gone Battle of the Budge rather than Battle of the, the Bulge. bulge. He's, yeah. he's gone for Battle of the Budge. Yeah, battle, yeah I like that. Battle of the... There's one... John Nelms will be feeling a bit left out, I think. One, it's an old movie. I, I liked it, Jimmy. You might remember, I don't know if you watched it. Back to mid-70s, Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. The conversation, the conversation yeah. remember it? Mm-hmm. Conversation yeah. where it was all yeah, real cotton dagger. Right, right a bit like before it. my time, yeah, I might yeah, have to dig that one out. It's an early gene, but the producer Dan, he's cultured. He's even younger than me, but he's more, far more cultured. He's nodding away mm-hmm. furiously. I think that's what he's doing in there anyway. Um, the downturn <laughs> is on Twitter as well. He's gone the battle of the budge as well. The Ouija says marmalade muffins v jam tarts. This is getting worse. <laughs> well, I suppose. I, 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 uh, Louis, oh, I like that. Louis, Louis Gervin. The Grim Outlook Outlook being that you know, I don't know if that was the email server that was used or not Other other email providers are, are out there But yeah, I like that Bit of thought going into that one uh, So what should we call it? Stephen Martin, the WhatsApp Derby ah, Right, okay yeah. yep. There's, a, there's a, lot to, a lot to work with there What should we call it? What should we call Hearts Against Dundee yeah, on the opening I day? I think Dundee's more the email and Inverness is more the WhatsApp isn't it? Yeah, just try and combine the two yeah. uh, on, on a serious note I mean, it's, it's sort of Anne, but Anne Budge and John Nelms can, can we get them both playing centre mid against each other? Or so? I don't know if that would, would add to it I'll tell you what, what would you give to be in the boardroom that day? <laughs> yeah, exactly, a fly on the wall We don't really know what's going to happen with fans Jim, whether, whether mm. they will be available to go um, Does that add something to the fixture now though? Is, is that where we're at? Because you know a lot's been said during the last couple of months. Yeah, I mean, from the from the the media side, the Mark will tell you. You know, I mean, obviously, if you've got you know something like that, then it, it does add a bit of spice because you know the, the fans aren't there. So you know, anything that the media can can grasp onto, as Mark says, like, he, like banner headlines and all these kind of things before and after the game, depending on how it goes. I'm sure, these guys will be. You know, be thinking. You know, um, just now, to, to looking almost like options of headlines. But, uh, you know, listen, the bottom line is Hearts, um, you know, have to try and get out of that division, you know, and Dundee have already, you know, looking to cut back and things and financial implications if they don't get up. But Hearts will be huge favourites um, to get up. Obviously, brought Robin Nielsen from Dundee United, who just achieved it last season, has done it before as well with Hearts. So he's got the knowledge of doing it, but has he got the quality in the squad? That's a test, and, you know, will Hearts. Invest will and budge continue to invest, you know, in uh, in the team um, leading up to that. There's going to be a few weeks now, um, but I think that uh, you know, without any fans being there, I would have thought if that's one team, I think it will have a negative impact on would be Hearts, because Hearts in that division would be huge. You know, full houses mm-hmm. pretty much if they're winning, if they were top yeah. of the league, be pretty much guaranteed full houses. I think they would really drive the team to success. Not having them could. Could have an impact on Hearts this year, uh, Mark. Yeah, at least we now have a bit of clarity for the lower leagues. They've got that that well. They always had the date, but you know, there's a fixture list there. That's when it starts to feel a bit real. So much uncertainty. Yeah. And I know we're having a bit of a, a light-hearted look at it, a bit of a joke because let's be honest, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. At some of the things that have gone on in Scottish football in, in recent months. 
at least it will start to be feeling a, a bit more real for some of these teams and, and start getting back to what they should be doing. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll now, as you say, the fixture list is there. The month of, of August will be, you know, trying to get some business done, um, looking at the financial aspects of the of the clubs, individual clubs, and then, Jim will correct me if I'm wrong, kind of, you know, early September, first, second week of September, they'll be back to pre-season, preparing, you'll give them that sort of five, six week prep time, at least for that, they'll be able to go and organise friendlies now, even if it's playing against, you know, under 21 sides of your of your premiership clubs in this country. Um, so there's wee things that will go in their favour, but as you say, it's just good to have something real, and let's just hope that every club um, manages uh, to survive, and, and, and Longer term as well Gordon The fixtures And we know everybody's health Is the most important thing But what we don't want You know Is um, If the season's disrupted And we're in a really Sticky situation Come March, April Like, like we were You know Four or five months ago So Let's hope that we can get this, get through the season In terms of completing the fixtures mm. Unscathed Yeah we're not quite done with it yet though Because The arbitration result Came through it Technically was a line drawn under it But obviously You know Emotions running high Anne Budge not happy Jackie Lowe not happy Anne Budge unhappy with Neil Doncaster Neil got Doncaster response today Eventually we'll get over it It might just take a few decades Neil Doncaster responding again today um, He claims that all clubs have suffered Anne Budge remember Slamming the governing body Really for inflicting financial damage On the relegated clubs She also criticised Doncaster's statement Saying that the arbitration verdict Vindicated his organisation and, and he was delighted about that But Doncaster says it's been tough on everyone Covid-19 has, has caused huge damage Financial damage To the whole world and, and Scottish football is absolutely not immune to that And even in our own uh, context Other than the, uh, the, the three clubs who, who got promoted uh, Being in top position in, in their divisions uh, and, and the champions uh, Celtic in, in the Premiership all the clubs uh, ultimately lost the opportunity to improve their position, to improve their uh, fee payments from, from the league, perhaps to get promoted through the playoffs. But yet, despite that, and despite the fact that you know, so many clubs were uh, arguably disadvantaged by the outcome, over 80% felt that it was the only uh, way to deal with it and the fairest way to deal with it. We this is going to rumble on. It has to. It's been such, such a big event and you cannot help but feel that there is obviously an element of unfairness on Hearts and Partick Thistle and Stranor. How could you not? Um, it's been found to at least, at the very least, be have been handled in a sort of above board manner, which goes against a lot of the allegations that, that were vented towards the SPFL. But still, um, clearly, Hearts and Partick Thistle and many others feel that, that you know that going forward, change is needed. The questions would be, well, what is that change? And should we wait even a little bit to try and navigate our way through these difficult times first? Yeah, I mean, and, the, and it's not only the clubs that were relegated, Gordon, it's the clubs at the, at the top that received championships before fixtures were, were fulfilled. Like, you know, Falkirk and Wraith being, being really, really tight. Let's not forget Kelty and Brora mm. that missed out an opportunity to potentially um, get up. Breaking have been, been saved by the, by the restructuring as well, potentially. Um, from from a playoff, so there was a number of uh, clubs that that are affected. But the only thing you can see is, d- democratically, it did go to a vote. I don't agree with the fact that it went to a vote and the clubs only had forty eight hours for one of the most important decisions in Scottish football. I don't think that was right. That, uh, that should have been and could have been handled um, a lot better. But look, we are where we are now, and it's not fair. But clubs need to a- accept, you know, whether it's Hearts, Partick Thistle, that 
they are in the, the, the division that they are now in and they need to start planning you know the club needs to now get behind Robbie Nielsen Patrick Thistle getting behind Ian McCall mm. and go and plan for it it's totally unfair mm. nope, I don't think anybody can can deny that but it is what it is and they know that the, you know, the last dice was thrown it's not come back in their favour they need to go and move on now yeah I mean it, it's Easy for us to say though Jim You know fans will feel passionately Boardrooms as well We're having a, a bit of a laugh about it but, but seriously I wonder what That dynamic will be like In Dunfermline against Inverness as well Fans might feel We've seen a lot on social media Whether it's Thistle fans Or Hearts fans Feel that They don't want to go And give other clubs Their money for, for away venues When they can That's a shame From a footballing perspective But it's it's their prerogative as well So It's going to take a while For these wins to heal surely Yeah Possibly Gordon But the, you know Listen we all, we all agree Totally unfair, but there was, you know, it's, it's done, and and therefore, you know, from the arbitration point of view, that was then upheld. So therefore, we we have to we have to move on, and we have to look to the new season. You know, it has been unbelievably difficult times for everyone around the country, everyone around the world. You know, that there the, there are so many uh, situations that uh, you know just, you know, were very very difficult to deal with, and football is one of them. Uh, and unfortunately for those three clubs as, as were mentioned Hearts, Party, Thistle and Stranada it was more, more severe in, in some aspects but they have to just move on now it's done it's dusted it's behind them you have to move forward Hearts now have to make a challenge can they win the league Party, Thistle can they win mm-hmm. the league Stranada can they win the league and make it as, as short a painful time as possible on that or any of the other topics tonight, let's hear from you. 01419511025. What impact will playing behind closed doors have on the football? Anything you've just heard um, from Neil Doncaster, Hearts and Dundee? What about the fans of both clubs? How are you feeling about facing off against each other on the opening day? Loads of suggestions coming in for what we should call the fixture. Paolo says, Call of Duty. Joker Hardy is trying to stir up a, a, another debate on the show, I think. He says, Asterix Derby. Uh, quick draw says Hassle in the Tyne Castle The law firm Rather than the old firm Or the new firm The law firm that, I think that's quite appropriate From Bry Boy um, Prof Ed has gone a nightmare On Elm Street I'll give him the benefit of the doubt That he didn't hear you say that Otherwise he's he's just plagiarised you An absolute <laughs> cracker Right 01419511025 uh, Good question Next get your pen and paper Ready for this one Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 0141-951-1025 to get involved Twitter at Clyde SSB You're coming into your own on Twitter here We're talking about the lower league fixtures that, that they've been published today And what do you know Dundee will take on Hearts on the opening day After everything that's gone on between those clubs In the last couple of months So we're asking you what should we what should we call it What nickname should we give the game It's just a bit of fun by the way A few people on Twitter seemingly not happy with a bit of fun But you've got to line up sometimes Ta- Taylor Scott has gone for the arbitration altercation But I must admit Mark you, you kicked us off And Martin Stewart amongst others are delighted with budge match yeah. The, the, yeah, the, I think that's 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 looks like it's the winner. Ian McAllister, ju- journalism and hijinks says Ian Rev Baxter spam Derby. So some good shouts, but a lot are happy with budge match. Right, let me get tonight's full time teaser up and running. Bit of housekeeping first. If you've never heard it before, many of you have, but if you haven't, it's quite simple. You send in the questions. 
We challenge the pundits to come up with the answers So if you want to get a question on the show I mean, we're, we're here for the next 250 shows of the season <laughs> So it goes without saying We'll need quite a few questions No winter break No winter break So fulltime at Clyde1.com Think of a question, send it in And we'll try our best to use it Martin has sent this one in tonight He's gone for nine players That have scored in either the SPL or Scottish Premiership So that kind of era And have dads Who've scored in the English Premier League Alright So nine players who've scored in the SPL or Scottish Premiership So that's kind of this century really isn't it And have dads who have scored in the English Premier League So 92, 93 onwards Oh sorry uh, So it'll be um, was, was Windasses it? mm-hmm. Yes Dean Josh Dean Windass. Windass. Windass Yep well done I take it. I take it. Paul Douglas. Kind Paul Douglas. Yeah. Was that yeah. number? Was that the kind of we still playing then? Was he didn't play in the English Premier no, League, so you're just so. a bit off yeah. in the time. Yeah. I thought that. Mm. Scored a fair few uh, in his time, right enough. Oh, uh, oh, no. Oh well, maybe. Charlie Adam. <laughs> I'll throw him. In. No. No. A uh, Matt Hately. Tom Hately. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Tom Hately. Um, for Motherwell would have been the first one, and Matt Hately. Mark Hately. QPR yeah. maybe at that time down. Okay, leave it there because yeah. that's a decent start. You've got two of nine. I know for a fact you're going to get loads of these out there So listen in and tweet them in Which nine players have scored in the SPL or Scottish Premiership And have dads who've scored in the English Premier League Guys like Tom Hately with Mark And Josh Windass with Dean There are seven more So get your answers in 01419511025 in the phones Though Peter's in Postle Park Hi Peter Hi Gordon, good to have you back Same yourself, Mark and Jim Great to Jim be back. Thanks, Peter. I'm glad to hear you and good road to recovery, mate. Thanks, Peter. Uh, to hear that happened to you at the same pal. Yep. So hopefully all the best in the future, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Uh, guys, obviously what you're talking about earlier, well, the first part of the show about crowds and all that, I've watched, like guys, the only English Premiership game that really excited me there was uh, Liverpool and Chelsea game near the end. Um, I watched the Celtic game against Ross County. I know it was a friendly, but First half, yeah, because it's Celtic, watch my team. But second half, kind of, what? Didn't really get me enthusiastic. Uh, unfortunately, what commitments I missed um, the Monday games have earning. But I'm just wondering if the fact that there's no supporters in the team is going to affect, i.e., Big Eddie, James, Kalmak, Bruni, gets all the shouts, things like that. Their performances made that I know Jim you're saying they're professional and the quality players, but you're playing again playing a playing in front of fifty, sixty thousand every second week. You thrive on that, I would imagine. And Mark, can you give me any update on the the goalkeeper and then other signing targets that possibly may be coming? I know it's not to the fifth of October. I'm not panicking but I'd just like to get the hoops to get their business done early and we can move on and just no chill because it's going to be a hard season and fellow Celtic supports she honestly think this season is going to be a walkover Camden we're done for a rough ride this year guys yeah a few points to consider then let's actually start with with signings because it's not one we've actually done uh, so far on the show tonight uh, Vasilis Barkas is the goalkeeper marked from AEK Somewhere in the region of £5 million The fee um, was said to be in Glasgow last night That might have led you to believe the deal would be done today But it certainly looks like it is imminent How important is that for Celtic? Well, it's, it's, I think the, the goalkeeping situation is a, is a priority for Celtic And certainly it's been a priority uh, for, for Neil Lennon uh, Ever since the end of the season um, was announced And you know, obviously it was only a loan deal for Fraser Foster The club wanted Fraser Foster back 
for a number of reasons couldn't get it um, over the line so they've, they've, they've moved for uh, Barkas at uh, Athens transfer fee four five million pounds um, you'd expect it to get done uh, Gordon so you know the thing the, the question is now will he be in goals on, on Sunday against Hamilton or, or, or will it be uh, Scott Bain I'd imagine it would be, Bar- it would be Barkas you, you just put him in there um, because that, that's an area that Celtic have identified as their biggest priority of the window yeah, Jim, it's it's been the obvious one because losing Fraser Forster is big enough, but you've got a, a very reliable Craig Gordon there as well who also goes. So it was an obvious priority, and it looks like Celtic will address it soon. Yeah, I mean there was obviously a lot of rumours about you know Joe Hart and various other people, you know, but um, they've went obviously you know their network has went to AEK and 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 looks if Barkas is going to be the the, the, the goalkeeper. Um, I think it was. He said he played in Holland. He speaks good English and things like that. So there's, you know, he's he's, he's certainly a presence. There's no doubt about that. But he's got huge boots to fill, hasn't he? I mean, Fraser Forster was immense for Celtic um, when he came in, and uh, you know that is a tough act to follow. But it's maybe better to bring someone from a different country. Maybe doesn't you know, you know, he's no maybe is aware quite as much. He's maybe you know he's his own man. Um, you know, by all accounts, he's he's very good with the ball. His feet, he's got good distribution. As I say, he has a real presence. But Celtic have done their homework, and you know that when you're about spending five million in Scottish football terms for a goalkeeper, then they must regard them very, very highly. And it's also been look as a key position. You just look down the road at you know David De Gea and, and, and mm-hmm. Kepa at Chelsea yeah. and all the different uh, ones that are under the, the spotlight for for negative reasons. But you look and you know. Going back to when Rangers won nine in a row, so we're going back best part of twenty five years. You know they, they dandy Gorham at the helm, who was outstanding week after week. Mm-hmm. The success under Dick Advocate, Stefan Kloss, Celtic this this century. You know from from Arthur Boric to to Fraser Foster. You know goalkeepers are a huge part of of any success um, that happens. You know, Alan McGregor's been outstanding for Rangers for a couple of years. Okay, they've, they've not won a trophy, but he's still an outstanding goalkeeper and has been outstanding. Um, for them so it's an important role and as you say Jim it's huge gloves to, to fill and it might just be an advantage of the fact that it might not be fully mm-hmm. aware of just how good Fraser <laughs> Foster <laughs> was that, that might, might be an, an advantage we're talking about the mentality aspect mm-hmm. and, and, and filling gloves it might be a good yeah, but I think I think Peter you know the point of it you know the the games yeah listen you, we have to understand Peter they will be different the, 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 there won't be the, the, there are players as you mentioned there you know who thrive on that you know, if you want to call that bond with supporters, you know, and, and it drives them on. There's absolutely no question about that. But it's the only way we can get the games played just now. So we just have to grudgingly accept it because you know there's there's no other way to say that or no football. So we just I know we, that Jim. Yeah. I'm just I'm just looking at, I was just engaging. I know people we all suppose worry they do too much into allegedly players' body, but I was just wanting like. At Big Eddie at the weekend, I somebody's hold up playing, his touches were good, try to link up and all that. But you look at me thinking, if you're getting six, 50, 60,000 shouting, I want to be Edward. He thrives on that, he lifts his game, he, mm-hmm. he pull into positions and that nobody or a player will mark him. Mm-hmm. Hence why Mark, that's why I'm asking about these strikers. I know he's possible in the mend, and hopefully he can get back to. The player that has been, but I just wonder if Neil will go with the one way, the, uh, the two up top ready, or is he going to stick with the tried and trusted 
Yeah, what, what do you make of the numbers game then, Jim? If, if you do it that way, so in the building at the moment is obviously Odson Edward, Lee Griffiths, Patrick Clamalla, Bio still there. You would have to assume at the moment yeah. he doesn't look like he's, he's very close. Um, Albion Ajeti is the striker mm-hmm. who it looks like Celtic want. He wants to take a bit more time to consider whether he, whether he wants to be a part of it at the moment. I mean, that, that adds up to, to quite a few. Mm. Move one out. Definitely try and go with two With a couple in reserve How do you see the numbers Game yeah, stacking I, I up I think in an ideal world They'd like to move One out at least You know maybe Maybe Bio if, if, But you know Lee Griffiths is, is You know well documented that, that you know His fitness levels Weren't good But then um, Neil Lennon is then Praising him Saying look, look he's, he's back on track again If he's fit and he's right. He's a he's a, a fantastic asset to have, you know. And 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 you certainly wouldn't be, you know, pushing him out the door if 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 he's got the right, um, you know, uh, mentality just now. Um, Kamala scored a couple of goals, so you know, again, he's he's one of the brought in, to, you know, to try and put pressure on these other guys. I, I mean, Celtic's got a very very strong squad, really strong squad. Um, so I don't really even know, to be honest with you. Looking at p- perhaps a centre back, I mean, with Seminovic leaving, but Beaton can go back in there now, and I think he's actually more of a centre back now than he was in Celtic playing three at the back. So at, at times, so for me, there's not too many places they didn't lose anyone, and Edward's still mm. there, and Cham's still there. Uh, so I, I don't see Celtic making too many signings, if any. What about Jamie's other, uh, Peter's other point? Sorry, not only f- for Celtic, but for everyone he mentions. The October closure date of of the transfer window is going to be very bizarre because I'm sure every manager will say the same thing. I want to get my business done as soon as possible. Ideally, I mean, you've got the league starting this week. You can you can almost sense that slight desperation creeping into some fans who say, "I want something done before the weekend." That's when the league starts. We've got to hit the ground running. But ultimately, you do have until October, and other players may become available once English clubs start. You know, realising where they're going in the future So it's another thing that's going to look very different this season uh, It is and it's maybe more of a concern Actually losing your big players later on You know, four, five, yeah, six Yeah, weeks. so after six league games the They've banged in yeah, the goals Or so they've put in impressive performances say, you know, like the, the, the two main ones Let's say, you know, Alfredo Morelos doesn't leave this week And he plays at Petrogen and, and things roll on And then all of a sudden Four or five weeks down the line he sold Odson Edward at Celtic likewise there's a couple of players at Celtic that, that are attracting um, interest so that's where you've always got to be on your toes and, and and if somebody does get sold if an offer comes in that's too good to refuse that's your recruitment department you need to be ready to go you need to have your targets ready mm. boom but if you don't get them now you might you might lose them because you might go elsewhere so it, it, it's one of them but it's it's not when Jay's ideal. a strange one isn't he you know I mean the, 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 you know from West Ham I, mean, I heard Roger mention last night you know that you know, all the problems that West Ham had, he never got a sniff, you know, and they were really struggling. I know Antonio came in and ended up doing really well. Yeah, after lockdown. But 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 he wasn't seen as a striker, really. I mean, he was thrown in at the deep end mm. and managed to, to basically keep them up. But, mm. you know, he, he he's never had a, a real sniff, you know, in all the time, you know. So it's a, it's a kind of strange. But no, don't get me wrong, players can fit into different clubs and different managers and different styles and all these things, but... That's certainly one that would uh, would surprise a lot of people. I think West Ham would, would be trying to be very keen for him to move out and, and try and free up some wages. Peter and Postle Park, thank you very much for your call. 01419511025. Whilst we're on the subject of strikers, a couple 
Are making their way to Lanarkshire Tunde Owalabi To Aki's from FC United of Manchester So yeah. Brian Rice doing a bit I just, what, what I really want to know is how many times on a night out He's told somebody he plays for Man United <laughs> It's bound to have happened Well he, he just said he, he plays for FC uh, Manchester People, people, are, people presume then that he yeah. plays for United um, FC United of Manchester He's he's delighted as he says he's overwhelmed to be you know, Officially a professional footballer But you know that's the market a lot of our Premiership clubs are in You try and get gems From from maybe kind of Non-league level in England And, and see what they can do Aki's As they always have to do Jim you know Losing important players Like Alex Gogic Would yeah. be the one that sticks out Going yeah. to So this is not exactly Like for like But no. um, you know Just, just trying to, to show yeah. up In that limited market And, and find a gem Yeah I mean it's, it's, Matt was earlier on Speaking about You know Celtic scouting but Trying to pre-plan If you want to call it But look ahead You know If, if you lose The Rangers are the same If Morelos goes You know You have to but, Hamilton do the same But just in a different market You know you, you, You're just looking In a different market But the, you, your network uh, Has to be As expansive As it can possibly be Generally speaking It's just contacts I mean Brian uh, Rice will have loads of contacts All over the place he's, he, You know His staff Anybody he knows You know And you're trying You're trying to pick up Maybe a wee gem That someone else Is maybe just a A, a not short Of the very top Perhaps you can add something to him And as he said He's delighted to get a chance To be a, a full-time professional footballer So, you know th- These are the type of boys That Hamilton want to get hungry Desperate to do well You know, with, with, with potential that, I mean, there's, there's no surprise in that and, and Hamilton are a good club to do it Because they will give you game time And across the other side Of the Strathclyde Park Motherwell have signed A new striker as well Callum Lang uh, to Wigan I just cannot wait For you Mark Guidi Gordon Dale Whoever it is That is out there On a Saturday How many times Are you going to get Lang and Long mixed up oh, yeah. Both yeah. up front for Motherwell See yeah. Lang and see Long uh, Up front for Motherwell This season um, Particularly if he speaks Lang <laughs> I can't remember exactly Where he's from Wigan I'm not sure if that's What part of the uh, the world he's from But Stephen Robinson's been a fan for a while I um, actually saw a tweet from Doogie Wright Who some of you may remember Used to write some analysis articles on our website And has gone on to do some good analysis work At various clubs He was actually working at Wigan uh, previously And he was saying You know, tough time, injuries But describes him as, as rough and ready And has the potential to do a Sam Cosgrove now, it goes without saying, if, if that was to be the case, Stephen Robinson and the Motherwell fans would be delighted. Yeah, I mean, that's what <clears throat> Aberdeen got him from uh, Carlisle for, for nothing. And, you know, just the other week, they're not back two million quid from uh, Greenholm. So, um, yeah, ab- absolutely. And it's the same with Okawamba. You know, if, if you can get guys like that um, in the door. And, and I think that's where I would say, off the top of my head, Gordon, but, but assessing everything at that kind of level... I think Stephen Robinson has, 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 has at the moment has probably had, and his staff. Let's not get not the manager; it's your scouting staff and your contacts. Mm. But I think he's got the best record at that kind of level over the past two years. Yeah, and options now, Jim, at that end of the pitch from other brought in Jordan White yeah. from Inverness. Yeah. Um, Tony Watt was already there at the tail end of last season. Chris Long came back. Callum Lang is there. That's certainly yeah, the, and the options are there. Players David Tumble should hopefully be back hundred percent. Jake Hasty coming back. Jake Hasty coming back and loan from Rangers. I mean, it's a very Potent and you know, uh, you know, options goals a lot of goals in that team, mm. and they were strong at the back anyway. I know they've added uh, Ricky Lamy as well in there, but uh, you know, they've got real presence, um, physicality, but they've got pace, they've got ability. Um, no, I, as I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in the program, I, I think Motherwell will be a real uh, good side this year and a, and a real threat to the old firm, not to win the league, 
But in terms of you mentioned going to Fort Park and that, I, I think they'll be the, as tough a game as they'll, they'll get through the season. Well, we'll find out, or we'll start to find out on Saturday. The big kickoff. Make sure you join us on Saturday lunchtime. Just quickly on tonight's teaser, though. Thanks again to Martin. And if you want to hear your question, it's full time at Clyde One. Which nine players have scored in the SPL or Scottish Premiership And have dads who've scored in the English Premier League You're doing not too badly You've got Tom Hately and Josh Windass I'm just looking at Twitter Ewan Canavan has thrown a couple of cracking answers into the mix What have you got? I've got Alec Bruce And yeah, son of Son of Steve Bruce Son of Steve Bruce Mark? I've got a couple of things uh, Ollie, Ollie Lee and Rob mm. Lee Brilliant shout, well done and I thought we were, since we're talking Hamilton Ackies, Alan Stubbs and Sam Stubbs. No, no. So I can only assume Sam didn't score a league goal, or maybe Alan didn't, but not on the list anyway. And must have been Sam. Jorkayev again hasn't scored a league goal for St Mirren. No, no. Wow. I think he got a penalty in the League Cup at the start of last season. I, I, I'm not sure if the first boy played up here or not, but his dad has just <laughs> go for it. Gavin Strachan. He Gordon never scored. No, never scored yeah. in Scotland. Okay, yeah. one, two, three, four, five to go. We'll get them next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are in the building and they're trying their best to answer Martin's question tonight. So remember, if you want to hear your question on the show in the future, it's full time at Clyde1.com. So tonight's is this which nine players have scored in the SPL or Scottish Premiership and have dads who've scored in the English Premier League. So guys like Alec Bruce, son of Steve, Tom Hately, son of Mark, Ollie Lee, son of Rob, and Josh Windass, son of Dean. Let me just check what's coming in on Twitter because a good response to this one. Sam Cunningham has got two crackers that you're still looking for. Um, what Did you get any during the break? We, we got uh, Niall Keown and Martin Keown. Yep, well done. Niall Keown. And uh, an old teammate of mine, Colin Henry, his son, Callum Henry, yes. plays for St. Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got two to get then. Just thinking today, actually, thinking of certain players that might make a big impact this season. Callum Henry mm. finished last season great, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I don't if you're a fan of a club, you don't really care where the players come from, but there's something nice when it's young Scottish strikers mm-hmm. banging them in. And, yeah. you know, Eamon Brophy's still going to be at Kilmarnock. He can Dundee United hang on to Lauren Shankland. Mm-hmm. Callum Henry's going to be there. Mm-hmm. You just wonder if there's a. An opportunity for one of them to well, really kick so, on. Didn't we? Because this is the one area you know we look at and we're really, really struggling. You know, with um, top class strikers, and again, a lot of Kevin Nisbet's going to Hibs playing mm. with one striker, which you know it's, it's difficult as well. You know, because the, the basic arithmetic is that it's less of a chance. So yeah, Callum Henry did really, really well. I'd be interested to see how St Johnson performed without Tommy Wright as well. What seven years he was there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, big so, game on Saturday too. Yeah, two yeah. new managers, Mickey mm-hmm. Mellon and, and and Callum Davidson, Dundee United, St Johnson at Tyadies. I think both clubs have. I've recruited well so far That's that's an absolute cracker Of a game on Saturday afternoon Abby. Yeah lots to look forward to 0141 951 1025 Jamie is in Tillicutri Hi Jamie How you doing? How you doing panel? Uh, especially Duffy It's good to see you back pal uh, uh, I've got a couple of points I wanted to put to the panel uh, Just after Just after all the, the, the shenanigans Of what's been going on In the summer But I just wanted to First of all say Gordon Thanks to your producer For finally getting my football Sorted out 
after four months. So uh, I'll leave that with you. You know that there was some serious stuff going on in the world, Jamie. And funnily enough, the, the sending out of signed Super Scoreboard beat the pundit balls, it just seemed to drop down people's list of priorities. It's shocking. I know. We'll try and get it solved for the next time we have a pandemic. Your, your, your producers got it. Oh, sorry. The, so there was, that, there was a couple of questions I had for the panel. And the, the first one was. Uh, regarding the referees, uh, I kind of have this theory that if you take away the crowds and stuff, do you think that would actually focus referees' minds more for towards better performances? Mm-hmm. And uh, the second second question I had was for the panel as well was after all that's gone on uh, over the summer, uh, bad feeling. Which teams need to kiss and make up, and how do we do that? Okay, one at a time then. Referees. So Jamie's offering you an alternative view to what Kevin Clancy's saying. Kevin Clancy's saying, you know, we need to guard against complacency because you don't have the crowd to. To steer you But Jamie's saying That might actually Benefit from Referees can benefit What do you think? Yeah I, I would tend to go Along with Jamie's point Because it's It's kind of more What the referees are used to To day to day Or night to night Is like refereeing and, and, and going through the motions Like that They've not got Then You would like to think That they've not got Managers and players Reacting and playing to the crowd By having a pop at the referee So yeah I think it, And hopefully It will be more beneficial to the referees mm. and they'll be cut a bit more slack What's it like Jim? You're the only one in the studio obviously Who's been an opposition manager At the big stadiums And obviously Celtic Park and Ibrox Are the standout ones But I'm sure, I'm sure it happens to an extent mm-hmm. Is there a feeling that the crowd noise Even if it's just subconsciously Just has an impact on the decisions that are made? Yeah of course When you you know a, a club If you want to call it Provincial clubs or whatever When you go to any big stadium You always feel that um, You know that That can influence I, I said before a part of it is the fact that your team's under pressure more So therefore your team's making more tackles You know, the opposition in your penalty box more So, you know, and, and, and this, you know, the crowds scream You know I mean? You, you'll, you'll get a tackle, you know, like you, you 100% win the ball But the opposition fans will still scream for a foul So it's, it's just human nature that eventually, you know Referees might just get, you know, a, a little bit um, distracted by that And... As I said, this, but you know, referees will 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 say themselves. No, they don't. You know, they they make the decision purely on it. But it's listen to me. Uh, as I said, I think with no fans being there, as Jamie's pointed out, it'll be the concentration from referees. But they'll still be under enormous scrutiny. You know, because of the you know the, the just because of the the nature of our game and such a small country and also not having games for a while I think every decision is going to be analysed far too much we see it time and time again every time there's a a football match on TV there's 10, 12 reruns of an incident a referee has a split second decision to make it to, sorry a split second to make a decision and I think we've got to understand that What do you think Jimmy? I can agree with that because I mean I do think that uh, We've not, a lot of people tone in the show and say we've got incompetent referees. I don't think we have. I think we've just maybe got not as good a referees as maybe other places. But I just do think you take away a lot of the distractions and have this almost sterile environment. It's almost come back to kind of lower league football and stuff where we use less experienced referees. So these referees should be able to do that and handle it well. But it will be quite interesting. Uh, and just as my other point, I'm just wondering what you thought about that. Who needs to... Who's got the biggest bridges to build? And, and on a serious note, how can we how can we achieve that? There's a question, Mark. It's a, it's a it's a tough one, Jamie. You, know, you go back to you know obviously the, the the Dundee vote situation there. You go back to Inverness to to, to Scott Gardner um, giving out information on some of the, the the messages that other 
chairman or chief exec thought were private, put them in the public domain. Um, there's Rangers public fallout or, or accusations aimed at the SPFL uh, board and, and hierarchy. Uh, you've ended Hearts and Partick Thistle and Stranra so there's, there's been many there's years been ago Mark Rangers fans wouldn't go back to say they wouldn't go back to Tandys you know yeah, back, all the way back, back to, to, to yeah you know all the way back there a lot of fans were and, and, and they're, yeah. they're unforgiven in that you know they, they, well, they're, they're not mm-hmm. going anyway if you know what I mean now but you know they, they wouldn't want to go I don't know how it, listen mm. it's not a quick fix Gordon mm-hmm. and, and like we say I know we're having a week that was light hearted earlier on but on a serious note you know it will be interesting in the boardroom and, and it tends to be like any kind of relationship you need somebody to make the, the first move and if nobody's willing to make the first move you need a third party to come in and try and broker something so is there a willingness to, to go and do that because there's so many different factions with so many different clubs I think there's too much going on for it to be a quick fix it'll be a slow healing uh, process and something that might actually never never get fixed Is there a football Henry Kissinger out there? Uh, I don't <laughs> know if there is Jim but unfortunately I, I, t- I tell you what, just in, in the other side of the game the referees I, the one thing I did notice in you know watching the, the games there, there wasn't a surrounding the referees you know there was a couple of wee skirmishes between players you know getting getting involved when there was a bad tackle or something like that but I didn't see them all you know pressurising referees which, which I thought was a bit, I mean, you know, different. something different, you know, than than when it was when you have fans there. Again, I think even they want to see their players, you know, reacting and showing showing that they're unhappy with the decision. But the, and even managers, I, I can't remember was was there, I think there was the odd yellow card, but there was very very few. Lampard think, and Klopp had a wee go at each other, didn't yeah, they? And then yeah. you could hear it, of course, which yeah. was which was different. But there, was, there was few, there were few and far between. I think it was mm-hmm. a wee bit calmer. Yeah, and, and talking about you know clubs building bridges, it's. Rightly or wrongly You build up an appetite For this stuff And For anyone who's doubting it On Twitter I, I can't Really understand How we're putting Two and two together And coming up with 53 The guys Are hugely sympathetic To Hearts To Partick Thistle To Stranraer Just having a wee bit of fun About the fact that they are Going to play each other On the opening day um, Not sure about the fan situation But Photographers Cameras People are going to be looking at, at Director's boxes to, to see who's there and, and, and that sort of you know it takes me back, Jim, to being sent to Capolo to see what happened when you and Neil Lennon yeah. met after you had your wee ding dong at Easter yeah. Road. But now it's going to be Anne Budge and John Nelms. Yeah, but uh, listen, humour is in, in the world we live in just now. You can't see it. Somebody's going to be offended by it. You know, people, that's just the way just the way it is these days. Um, you know, you you try to lighten it up. It's been so serious for the last umpteen months. It yeah. will continue to be serious a number of things, but. There's a wee bit of light here. It's just a wee bit of lightheartedness. Right, thank you very much to Jamie, the final caller. You've got three more to get. Guys who've scored up here mm. and their dads have scored in the English Premier League. I'm toying going on the clues. I'm, I'm, right. I'm out. Craig Beatty's in. Not, not that one. Another Craig Beatty. He's got one of the ones you're looking for. Dad was World Player of the Year, I think. And oh, then George Weir and George Timothy Weir. Weir. Yeah. George Weir mm-hmm, yeah. and Timothy Weir. Oh, this guy's dad was not a bad striker either. We've just been talking about Motherwell adding to their... Forward line Who was in their forward line last season For the first half of the season uh, Oh Devante Cole, Cole and Andy Cole, Cole. Devante Cole and mm. Andy Cole Good shout I think Does that mean we've only got one, one left yeah. Right that's not bad at all So Devante Cole Alex Bruce Tom Hately Callum Hendry Niall Keown Ollie Lee Timothy Weir And Josh Windass The one you're looking for Would be hmm. I thought it was nine You know you get one yeah, more to you get, get. You get? Try to think if I've got any clues about this guy Because I must admit I'm toiling for clues Was it what era was his dad? Which mm-hmm. English club his dad score for? Good question mm-hmm. Good question um, 
I'll Google him. How does that sound? <laughs> You're cheating. Yeah, I'm well, going to have to. Who did the boy play for up here then? Yeah. I must admit, I can't really remember. I can't have done anything of great note. Well, no wonder we can't get it. Partick Thistle and Loan, 2014. I think you really struggled with this mm. one. I would think so. Yeah. They'd be in the Premier League at that time, maybe Archie. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you the boy. I'll give you the, the surname just because mm-hmm. we're running out of time. Go for it. Monker. Oh, jo- John, John Munker John Munker and the son was George George, well John done, Munker. there we go I think he played like twice for Thistle in the league and scored once so I thought that was a tough one for you, there we go Great stuff, thank you to Martin for the question Full time at Clyde1.com If you want to hear your question used on the show That's us for tonight, thanks as always for your calls, for your tweets And for keeping us company We are back tomorrow night really cranking up the build up to the new season It starts on Saturday and it's that old duo, Wilson and DL, back in the studio together tomorrow night. Should be interesting. We'll be here from six, and Callum Gallagher is up next.